0: Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Chris DeGeneas Saturdays. This program is being pre-recorded for Saturday, June twenty sixth, two 2021. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. Right now we have TruthFids here once again, on this Wednesday morning, to discuss his 100 proofs that the Israelites were white, This is part 42 of our series. In our last few presentations in the series, we discussed many aspects of Jacob and Esau in prophecy, all of which show that the modern-day Jews are Edomites and not Israelites, that they are a people accursed by God, and that the position which they have attained today in world economics and politics, was also a subject of biblical prophecy, Esau having been foretold that he would one day break the yoke of Jacob and gain dominion. The fact that Jews were the chattel property of Christian kings throughout medieval European history underscores the truth of our interpretation of these prophecies. Now we shall turn the page completely and discuss the blessings and curses which were prophesied to come upon the children of Israel for their obedience or disobedience to their God. These also help to establish that white Europeans are indeed the true Israelites of Scripture. Hello Truthreads, thank you for joining us once again.
1: Hey Bill thanks for having me. Yeah so here we're going to get into the uh, Deuteronomy blessings and curses where Yahweh essentially warns uh, the children of Israel that if they obey him all, all the good things that will happen to him to them sorry and all the and if they don't obey Yahweh all the bad things. And and this is um an important one because this is often used by um nigs essentially that they think because there are a few vague prophecies about slavery that it must be them, they must be the Israelites because they've had it hard or because they have that past where, um, you know, there was the slave trade, then that automatically that qualifies them as the Israelites. But if you truly read the Deuteronomy curses, there's also blessings. And the people who are the Israelites would have to fulfill all these blessings. And if you go into the curses, they they describe exactly what's going on with us today. And we're the only people who fit both and especially uh, the curses as well right Bill
0: well right even the nature of the curses and and the way it's they're worded reflects the concept that the people who were cursed in that manner had to have a high level of civilization and rule over other peoples before they were cursed So that's simply not true of Negroes. That's not true of African blacks, who never even ruled over themselves, who had never been a united people. They were just a disparate collection of tribes, which were always at war with one another. And their own chieftains, their own African village chiefs, were selling them into slavery. If you upset the chief, you were sold into slavery. If, you, if your chief, your village, the people in your village captured men from a nearby village who were competing with them for food and resources or, or land, then those men that were captured got sold into slavery. The Arabs and Jews were buying up African slaves and who were sold by their own people for the most part and bringing them here and selling them into slave markets or to the Caribbean, or, or, or the South of America, or wherever, or, or even in Connecticut, they were selling them into slave markets. So, so that, does not, that is not the type of slavery which these blessings and curses reflects. This type of slavery here is the slavery of an entire people who are brought into captivity in one way or another. And we're going to see that that this describes what happened to the ancient Israelites when all of the people were taken off into captivity at once. They didn't sell each other into slavery and fulfill this prophecy the way that the blacks did in Africa. It's ridiculous to, to assume that this could possibly describe them because the people this is describing who were In slavery who went into captivity they were actually the head before they were the tail they had a high level of civilization and ruled over other nations before they went into captivity so so the their fall is great that they went from the top of of civilization from the pinnacle to the bottom at in captivity And that did happen to the ancient Israelites. And white Christians, as a people in general, are suffering that same thing again today. And we will discuss that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, after the deportations, we got to another level with Christianity equivalent to, uh, you know, um, David and Solomon's time where we had great kingdoms or great nations. And then because we began to disobey Yahweh, all these curses uh, came upon us, right? It's exactly the same. And nigs, they were already at the bottom, living in the mud. And then slavery actually improved their situation. Yes, it it did. It it actually did. (laughs) So it was more of a blessing rather than a curse, right?
0: Yes, slavery actually did improve their civilization, their, their, their situation on a personal level, for hundreds of thousands of them. If they survived the trip in in these slave galleys, in these ships, if they survived the voyage, they were usually treated very well because that they were treated as well as farm animals. Let's face it, if you want a horse to, to function well, or an ox that's going to plow your field, then you're going to feed it well. You're going to take care of it. You're going to make sure it's comfortable and it works happy. And, and it's the same thing with the, the Negro slaves, the black slaves, they were well taken care of. They were fed, they were clothed and they were expected to work in exchange for it. And if a, if a slave owner wanted good work from his slaves, he, he would, take good care of them. He would have to. He was in it to make money. So he needed good farm equipment that he thought would function optimally so that he could make money. That's just the fact of life. That's economics. That's the way it works. You take care of your employees and and they'll work hard for you. And And it's the same thing today with corporate America. And and corporate America is a form of slavery. It's no different. It, if you look at the way slavery functioned in the ancient world with the Romans and the Greeks, corporate America is not much different at all. In Rome, slaves could own slaves. And here in corporate America, you're, you're a slave to a corporation so many hours a day, and, and then... In the evening, if you want to run your own business, that's fine. And have your own employees, that's fine. You're free to do that. And and it's the same way that slavery worked in Rome. That's a digression. The blessings and curses of Deuteronomy only apply to European people. And before we begin, first I must say that there are also similar blessings promised for obedience and curses for disobedience, which are found in Leviticus chapter 26. However, while there are some interesting statements which there which are not found here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, which is where we're going this evening, these blessings and curses are more extensive. So it is these which we have chosen to discuss but before we do so we must put these blessings and curses into historical perspective one of the curses of disobedience in Leviticus chapter 26 that is wanting here in deuteronomy it's expressed in different ways but not in this explicit way in leviticus i'm sorry in leviticus 26:18 it says and if you will not yet. For all this, hearken unto me. Then I will punish you for seven times more for your sins. And the meaning of this phrase, seven times, can be understood through prophecies found in both Daniel and the Revelation, which speak of three and a half times, seven times, and forty-two months. And once it is also understood from Daniel. Ezekiel and the other scriptures, that in prophecy, a day represents a year. Then we see that both 42 months and three and a half times, if a time is understood to be a year, both add up to 1,260 years, and seven times is 2,520 years. While our chronologies are not perfect, it was, seven, it was roughly seven times from the time when the children of Israel first started being deported by the Assyrians, 740-something BC, to the so-called Age of Liberty, when the liberal democracies were born. And Christians imagined that they could rule themselves, that they would be free, they would have freedom and liberty without kings. The Jews were emancipated, meaning that they became equal citizens in Europe and no longer were the mere property of kings at that same time. And this happened in the age of Napoleon, just after the founding of the United States, and the French Revolution. For three and a half times, the children of Israel in captivity were ruled over by tyrants, by these world empires, from the Assyrian kings down to the Roman Empire. And after that, they were ruled by their own kings under the Roman Catholic popes. And all of this fits precisely into prophecies found in Daniel and the Revelation. And I'm speaking specifically of Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, and Revelation chapter 13. Now, in the so-called Age of Liberty, Cushions are actually ruled by gold. And the Edomite Jews are in control of the gold, because they controlled the financial system of the Middle Ages, even though in the Middle Ages they did it on behalf of the kings. When the kings were removed in the Age of Liberty, the Jews ended up with the money to a great degree and in control of the finances between nations and and governments, the loans that the nobility had taken out. The Jews were in control of all of that. Therefore, being in control of the gold, they were in control of all world governments. All while the children of Israel, which is European Christendom, think they are free, the Jews have controlled our global finances. So we esteem this to be the final time of prophecy, the time of Jacob's trouble, when Esau was told that he would break the yoke of Jacob and have the dominion. So the children of Israel, from the time of David, came to rule over most of the then world, most of what was perceived as the world of that time. And if they didn't rule over nations at that time, at least the nations which they did not rule over were in fear of them, according to the promised blessings of obedience, nations such as Egypt and Assyria. At the same time, they established many so-called Phoenician settlements overseas, at least as far west as Britain and Ireland. But with the Assyrians and Babylonians, The children of Israel were punished and went into captivity in accordance with these curses of disobedience, being scattered among the other white nations of Mesopotamia and Anatolia, from which they slowly migrated north and west into Central Europe and Western Europe. Ultimately, as Christians, they returned to general obedience to God and Christ, And once again, they became blessed and rose to rule the world. But because history repeats itself, and we never learn from it, now they are being cursed again and overrun with aliens, while Jacob has lost his dominance in the world to Esau in accordance with other prophecies, which we have already discussed. While the Davidic kingdom and later Judah and Israel in the divided kingdom, had dominated only the white world in their own time. In modern times, Christendom ruled ruled over and sought to civilize all the nations on the planet, thereby expanding the concept of what the world is from merely Europe and the white world to the entire planet. And, and this is seen in our language where when the Americas were discovered and people from Europe began to colonize and inhabit the Americas, Europe was referred to as the old world and America was referred to as the new world. So eventually, it, as communications improved, as travel improved and, and things became mechanized, it just melded into our current view of one world being the whole planet. But the world was not the planet when Europe, when Europeans began exploring it several hundred years ago. Their world was Europe, and that was it. And it's the same thing with the time of the apostles in Christ. The world was the Roman Empire, and that was it. The people on their immediate... Environs such as the Parthians. Only whites, whites who had descended from the ancient children of Israel, have ever been in a position to dominate the entire world and have lost that dominance by allowing themselves to be trodden with aliens and by accepting their sin. So, therefore, these blessings and curses have been fulfilled only in whites.
1: Yeah, I think um, people have no idea that everything we have is because of Christianity, right? Because uh, we obeyed the commandments and this um, society we built based on the laws. That's what really, truly made us so great. And they don't even realize that it's all being trodden down simply because we've let in all these uh, bastards into our nations, right?
0: We've let in the bastards we've accepted the Jews, we've accepted this idea that Jews somehow worship the same God that we do, and and that therefore we should be able to cohabit with Jews as equal citizens. And that that idea of egalitarianism um, and fraternity, which are, are two of the Proclamations of, of the Age of Liberty, the third being Liberty, the, the French Masonic slogan, Liberty, Equality, Fraternity, which is impossible without Christ, and which is impossible in multicultural, multiethnic nations. It doesn't work, and, and that's contrary to the commandments of Christ. It's contrary to the nature uh, which God created to have multi-ethnic societies with liberty, equality, and fraternity. To have companionship and communion with the devil, which is what the Jews are, is contrary to the commandments of Christ and, and to the advisements of his apostles. So, we accepted these devils as equal citizens in Europe, and our position of world dominance as white Christian Europeans has been decimated in favor of other races ever since. And it was a very slow process so that we wouldn't notice it. And we haven't noticed it. People who are alive today have no idea what life was like 300 years ago and how comparatively wonderful it would have been without Jews at all, because all of those wars between kings in Europe were financed and encouraged by Jews for hundreds of years. The Cromwell's Revolution was financed by Jews. Napoleon was financed by Jews. That's why he emancipated Jews, even though he, he he also came to dislike them and, and to dislike their ways later in life when, when he tried to print money and, and do banking on his own. And that's probably why he had to be defeated. But he had done the Jews the wonderful favor of emancipating them in Europe and the Jews in London conspired against him and destroyed him. Because they, they wanted the bigger share of the pie. Jews competing with Jews in the background. So, so there's a lot more to the Napoleon story than what we see on the surface. There are always the powers behind the scenes. The bankers, the wealthy individuals who are controlling things. This isn't new to men like George Soros. This has been going on from the dawn of time. So Jews were behind many of those European wars, and and some of it was attributable to the egos of certain kings or, or the dictates of certain popes, and there's no doubt about that. But Jews have infiltrated the papacy, and the Jesuits were the the, the Jesuits were the warhawks or, or the neocons of the 15th and 16th centuries. And and the Jesuits were a Jewish sect inside of the Roman Catholic Church, a sect which was at least begun by Jews, by converso-Jews, that were responsible for the Counter-Reformation and a lot of the destruction in the Thirty Years' War, which occurred in Germany in, in the 17th century. So Jews have been encouraging, in one way or another, wars between Christian states for hundreds of years, and that led to convincing the people that it was time for the age of liberty to get rid of the kings. So Jews and, and their secret societies, namely the Freemasons, were behind the destruction of the monarchy and the nobility in the French Revolution. And the first thing they did was what? They founded an atheist state. It didn't last long but it was an atheist state, so a state without God. And we see Jews tending to that same concept today, where they're trying to make every state a secular state, a state without God, a worldly state. And and that ideal of the French Revolution has been pushed along with liberty, equality, and fraternity ever since. The Jews trying to recreate... Christian society, in their own image, is exactly what's been going on for 300 years now. So, I I mean, it's a concept and, and and a discussion we could have interminably, but that's exactly what Satan has done these last 300 years. So that has led white Christians into all kinds of sin, into the acceptance, the gradual acceptance of all sorts of sin. And the more we sin, the greater the punishment. Even 70 years ago in America, the nation was, on on its public surface, was completely white. And whites dominated politics and industry, and they thrived until they began this last stage of decline, I consider it, the last 70 years since the Second World War. And all of a sudden we have no-fault divorce, and all of the laws against race-mixed race, race mixed marriages have been repealed, thrown out. All of the civil rights laws that have elevated Negroes, all of the laws which were which had prohibited sodomy, had been thrown out. And now we have little school children being taught to become transsexuals. What are little school children even being sexualized for? Why are we even speaking to second graders about sex? The fall of the last 70 years has been far. And it's the culmination of these curses. And it's going to get worse, as we shall see, but that this is Christian society, which is the children of Israel in the modern day, who are being punished for accepting all of these sins which have been pushed on them and promoted by Jews in society these last 300 years, and which people just a short time ago would not have even imagined A hundred years ago, people couldn't have even imagined a tranny, or that little school children would be taught to be trannies and sodomites in school, or even that they would be taught about sex. That's a rant and a digression also, so we should probably move on with our subject. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I just want to add, I think that um, all the modern technology has is, is kind of disguised how we're actually declining rather than improving, right? That people think because of all this technology like internet and, and mobile phones and, uh, you know, flash cars and, and all that, that people think we're a lot better off than just a few decades ago, right? But now you can't even, in many cities, you can't even walk around at night. It's unsafe. Whereas um, 50 years ago, you know, it was fine. Um Kids could just be, uh, you know, just told, you know, go out, uh, uh, jump on your bike, go cycle around the neighborhood, and you wouldn't have to worry. Whereas now, uh, no chance would you let your kid go out on their own, right? It's completely different. And it's all because of these bastards.
0: Well, absolutely. When I was 12, 13 years old, I mean, my friends and I on a Saturday morning, what we'd go hop the train. We'd never pay for it. What we jumped the turnstile. I was 12 years old. You didn't pay for the train. I jumped the turnstile. We jumped the turnstiles and go over to Manhattan to New York City. It's a 15-minute ride from Jersey City. And we'd hang out on the streets of Manhattan all day. We'd eat hot dogs from hot dog vendors for lunch or whatever. And, and we'd hang out there all day and run the streets of Manhattan. And our parents never knew where we were. And we'd come back four, five, six o'clock and, and go eat dinner, go home, eat dinner. That was a typical Saturday when I was a child, playing around the site where they were actually building the World Trade Center that was destroyed by, by the Israelis, in, by the Jews of New York back 20 years ago or whenever it was. I, I don't even remember. It might have been um, 2011, 10 years ago. I'm sorry. I forget, was it 2001, 2011? 2001, I'm sorry, 20 years ago. That's how I'm I'm out of touch with what goes on in the news. 20 years ago, I I was there almost 50 years ago playing on the streets around the construction site. That's what we did when we were kids. So, and and nobody ever thought it was unsafe, we didn't think it was unsafe to be in Manhattan at, as children. And and that's the heart of the beast. Today, you wouldn't do that. Today, you'd be crazy to do that, to be a 12-year-old running around the streets of New York. So that's the change in 50 years. It, it's incredible, the change I've witnessed in 50 years. from From the time I was a child in the mid-60s, Until today, it's a totally, completely different world. Except for certain of the ancient empires, those of which the core nations were already formed even before Israel had become a kingdom, only the children of Israel have fulfilled these blessings and curses in historic times. To be of a higher economic status and to be militarily more powerful than all nations of the earth. Even the Babylonian and Persian empires relied heavily on descendants of the Israelites, as Scythians and Cimmerians helped them overthrow the Assyrians and also formed significant parts of their armies. And the Macedonians and Romans were actually descendants of Israelites, who had departed from the main body of Israel from Egypt or from Palestine in early times. After Rome fell, the Germanic tribes, which descended from the Israelites, have dominated history ever since in the form of Germans, Franks, and Anglo-Saxons. America was predominantly derived from these peoples, along with the related Scots, Irish, and Scandinavians. So, these descendants of the ancient Israelites have controlled the world for a long time, have been the leading lights of society for a long time. And once they became Christian, their civilization and, and their society in in its advancement exploded.
1: And I think that's the um the, the message of Christ, right? If you truly um abide in his word and love each love each other then your society will explode, right? If if everybody's working together, the, the things that you, you can achieve uh, rather than constantly warring with each other it would be amazing. And we see that with uh, European Christian society, right?
0: Well, absolutely. And even in spite of all the wars that they've had, in spite of the competition and the wars between the French and the English and the Germans, that they still... We don't understand that it 's hard to see the big picture from inside the box you can 't imagine what the box looks like from the outside. What we have pagan dissenters and and other forms of dissension against Christianity or condescension of, of against Christianity among whites today because they 're dissatisfied, but they can 't understand. That the entire society which we have is the result of our Christianization after the time of Christ, when the apostles brought the gospel message of reconciliation to God to white Europeans. Because they were the people of God in ancient times. And, and because they descended from those ancient Israelites, as we've discussed here, that's why the apostles brought the gospel message to Europe in the first place. And once Europeans accepted that gospel, that's when the higher level of society began to form in Europe and the ancient tribal chieftains stopped butchering one another. And and Christian society began to take place, began to take shape. If you don't see it from the outside, you'll never understand it. That Europe was never going to be an advanced civilization without Christianity. They spent all of their time looting, pillaging, and butchering one another. And most of the tribes of Europe converted to Christianity voluntarily while well, only some of them had to be compelled and the ones that were compelled they were compelled because they were threats to their neighbors without being christianized that they were the saxons were a constant threat to the franks looting frankish lands and destroying their villages raping their women that they were that constant threat And it came to the point where the the Franks understood that they had to defeat the Saxons and force them to Christianity in order to survive. So notice that their goal wasn't to defeat the Saxons and kill every last Saxon. Their goal was to defeat the Saxons and bring them to Christ, bring them to christianity and once they did i believe that was under um, charlemagne in the ninth century once they did by the end of the 10th century by the rule of otto I of germany of saxony the saxon king otto I, the germans had a high level the saxons had a high level of civilization which was developed in a very short time once they accepted Christianity. We could discuss this all day also, but it's also a long digression. The Deuteronomy chapter 28 blessings, we'll discuss them first. They come first. We will start at verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of Yahweh thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that Yahweh thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of Yahweh thy God. So, we had these Germanic tribes, were very powerful tribes, but they were never united, and they never had any real moral compulsion to cooperate with one another. They were always competing with one another, that they were always conquering and ruling over one another from the, from, well from the earliest periods of history. These people who descended from the children of Israel, once they accepted Christ and became Christian, began to live in harmony with one another, and the higher level of European civilization developed. Now, there was a high level of European civilization in the Roman Empire, but the Roman Empire was put together by force. People were compelled to worship Caesar. They had no choice. They were compelled to obey Roman law, and that they were basically under the gun, so to speak. If you didn't comply with the Romans, you died, or, or you were sold into slavery. Roman civilization didn't last because it too had become decadent, and crumbled but it was constantly being pressured by the germanic tribes anyway the huns the goths the Alans were chipping away at the extremities of the roman empire when it collapsed they just overran it
1: and it's funny during that time uh, because uh, italy i'll just say italy was uh, becoming so mongolized They were actually using Germanic tribes as mercenaries and soldiers, right? Rather than uh, their own people, it shows you the state that Rome had become, uh, you know, in those 300 years from Caesar. Yes,
0: Rome had fallen very rapidly from the time of probably from the time of Augustus Caesar. That was the Pax Augustus. That, That was the pinnacle of Roman civilization. And even Rome became a battleground for generals, competing generals, who wanted to be king and force their own will on the Roman people. And And that situation went on from the time of Augustus for 400 years. And there were some relative times of peace and, and capable men who rose to the position of emperor, but for the most part... They were just generals who, who were able to defeat one another and and the top general, the one that defeated his enemies, became the emperor. So Rome the, the Roman Republic was much more respectable that, than the Empire was, and, and as soon as they were emperor as soon as Julius Caesar attempted to become emperor, he was killed. And Augustus was probably the only man who was able to maintain and keep the position of emperor for any length of time based solely on on the respect of the people without anybody trying to overthrow him. But even he had to defeat Caesar's general. He, He had to defeat Mark Antony in order to get to that position. So Rome, the Roman Empire... It was never really peaceful. It was never really anything that was what was good. It was always controlled by one man who could exert exert who who could ingratiate or keep the biggest army and exert the most force within the empire. So that could never be good that everybody in the world is, is the subject of one man, and that one man had the power of life and death over everybody in the world. And you end up with perverts like Nero, who were who marrying themselves through to men and, and calling them wives. And, and the perversions of Rome, Rome sank very quickly from the time of Caesar to the time of Nero, and it hit bottom quite quickly. And there were people in Rome applauding that. At that time, there were people in Rome who loved that, who loved Nero, who loved that debauchery at that time. There were others who didn't really like it. Men like Tacitus, he didn't like it, but, and, and he spoke about it, but he had to be very guarded in his words when he criticized it, which he was. Moving on with these Deuteronomy chapter 28 blessings. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thine kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. And those same European nations and their descendants, ever since the adoption of Christianity, They have always produced food surpluses. Whether they produce food in Europe, in America, in Asia, in Africa, it doesn't matter where they go. Even in the inhospitable terrain and climate of Australia, they have always produced food surpluses. It doesn't matter where they go. Their produce and livestock have always been blessed. No other race has ever done this at home. And whites have done it in places that are barely habitable. Whites have always been food exporters. The other races have been food importers for as long as they've been able to import food. So we send them food and we take their natural resources and we build things out of their natural resources. They've never been food exporters.
1: Yeah, without Whitey, they would just starve, right? At least the vast majority of them.
0: Right. And and say China, for instance. China is a huge food importer. they, they husbandry is alien to them. They've been buying up farms in Australia, but having Australians run the farms because they can't and, and so that they could increase their own food supplies and they do that with all that walmart money that they get from americans and and from other countries around the world aside from their god-given agricultural successes the children of israel by which i mean white christian europeans have also always had the most magnificent cities in the world only recently Have other races had magnificent cities, and even they are most often built by German engineers? You go online and see these wonderful-looking cities in Saudi Arabia, all this oil money that these Arab sheiks have, and they build these magnificent cities. Well, the cities are built by German engineering companies. They're not built by Arabians. Chinese and Indian cities, as well as the aboriginal cities of South America and Africa, have all been comparative hellholes compared to the cities of Europe. You can go onto the internet and look at some of those Indian cities and the River Ganges and New Delhi and, and, and cities like that, and they're a wreck. They're filthy cesspools. And and the things that are built in them make no sense at all, and they're never well organized. The Chinese have mimicked Western cities, but they never built one. They've only imitated them. They've never developed one on their own, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. And I was just going to say people always rave about Dubai, you know, like you said, the Arab cities. But yeah, it was all that. It was just those billions of dollars. They just got um, Europeans to come in and do it for them, as you said. But but even in those places, they have to have um, like uh, when they bring over Westerners to work, they have to have massive security, um, you know, fences, uh, free levels, I believe and only people with passports, certain passes are allowed in because they can't let the native people in because they know that they'll just destroy the city. Uh, that, that's the way they have to run those cities, right? It's the only way. Or If not, it'll end up, just like you said, India or China, just hell holes, right?
0: Well, right. So the cities are really just trophies. Chinese cities, before um, without Western intervention, without Western intelligence and planning, Chinese cities are basically just huge slums. that They're big conglomerations of slums, and they always have been, that they're not really planned cities as we've planned cities in America, where we have zoning laws and control what gets built where and map out the streets before anyone starts building. And, and actually plan a city, it it's far different than the way cities are put in put together in non white countries. Yeah, moving on just into move blessings, wherever
1: they like, and just set up a house, and, and nobody stops them, right? And uh, if anyone tried to build a farm, immediately all the neighbors would come in and steal everything from them. That they, they right. don't respect each other's property at all.
0: Absolutely. It's sort of a forced Marxism. It's basically the law of the jungle, where you really can't have any property because everybody else is going to take it from you. You, You're left with a meager existence. If you're lucky, you get your hands on a chicken. and, And then they eat the chicken right away because they can't keep a chicken. It, it's it, if you and, and I've never been there, but I've had plenty of reports from people that have been there that have been to Korea, that have been to China, that they have no husbandry. They devour everything as soon as they can, that they don't keep things so that they can perpetuate them and, and grow them like flocks of sheep or herds of, of goats or cattle, that they they just eat it all. As soon as they can get their hands on it, they devour everything that they have a totally different mentality, which is why they have a constant demand for food from outside. They don't produce food the way that we produce food. They live on rice. They live on rice and whatever fish they could catch. And they, they rape the oceans of fish. They don't even cultivate that or, or foster an, any sense of, of um, husbandry over the fish. That they do grow fish now, only to sell in America. That they have a fish industry where they grow tilapia in sewerage and, and ship it here. I would never eat fish from China. I've never eaten fish from China, so far as I know. I wouldn't eat it. It's grown in poison. They do it to make money. They don't do it to foster their own um, civilization and, and engage in husbandry so that they could feed themselves. Okay. (sighs) Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6. This is military, these blessings. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Yahweh shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. And both of these blessings are military in nature, while other prophecies prevented them from permanent success. And while Byzantium was doomed to fall to the enemy for its idolatry so it could not be prevented, wherever European Christian knights and their armies had fought with Muslims. They nearly always prevailed in spite of overwhelming odds. After three of his ships were wrecked in a storm, and, and I'm just... I just have a couple of examples of this. After three of his ships were wrecked in a storm off Cyprus and their crews taken hostage, Richard Lionheart, King Richard I of England, landed on Cyprus with what was left of his small fleet, and he conquered the island in a few days. Whereby, after he sold it to the French, Cyprus remained a feudal kingdom surrounded by Muslims for 300 years. Even when greatly outnumbered by Saladin, the English king was not defeated and only withdrew from Palestine after a treaty. Other crusaders would follow, but the Muslims failed to defeat the English and French and were forced to make concessions with much smaller forces.
1: It was often that we uh, fought each other. And then that's what allowed the Arabs and Muslims and Turks to gain, uh, you know, territory and land bit by bit when the Jews turned us against each other. And that's why they had such success, right?
0: Well, absolutely. And, and I should say that the Muslims were forced to make concessions in spite of their having much more numerous forces, much more numerous armies. And, and sometimes the English and the French... In the Crusades were outnumbered <laughs> but by 10 to one, or 20 to one. I, I mean, that they ultimately lost Jerusalem, and that they, in fact, they lost Jerusalem in the time of Richard I, because they had control of it. But they withdrew by treaty. They didn't withdraw in defeat. And we weren't supposed to. There's other prophecies which prevented white Christians from controlling Jerusalem. Christ said that Jerusalem would remain desolate. So whites weren't supposed to go back there. Esau was supposed to go back there and rebuild. And that's in Malachi chapter 1. But Jacob was not supposed to go back there and rebuild. So the Crusaders didn't have any success. That's different prophecies that are in play there. So these crusaders had had great success with very small forces compared to the number of Muslims that they were fighting against. And they had that success for for a long time. The British Empire conquered over 20% of the Earth's landmass and ruled over 20% of its inhabitants. Never having more than two hundred and fifty thousand soldiers, which it had in eighteen thirteen during the war with Napoleon, that was the peak of the British Army before World War one that the the British Army in World War one I, I think was expanded to as many as three million or so soldiers. but the peak of the British Army before World War One was the time of Napoleon when it had 250,000 soldiers. In 1842, the British forced open Chinese ports to trade and took Hong Kong for a colony. In 1862, they looted the Chinese Imperial Palace in Beijing at the end of the Opium Wars. Britain held India. India, millions of people. Britain held it with 34,000 troops at most, which is the number that it had in 1857. At that same time, British troops from India forced concessions from Iran in the brief Anglo-Persian War. Later, by 1917, the British would defeat the Ottoman Empire, reducing it to modern Turkey, while at the same time most of its troops were engaged against the Germans. It was easier and much less costly for the British to hold on to a fifth of the world than to defeat Germany. The British policy against the Ottomans and the Iranians also served to keep Russia from obtaining warm water ports on the Mediterranean and Black Seas, which was successful. So the Brits were able to do a lot with very few soldiers against non-white countries. But they couldn't, it it was very costly to defeat Germany in Europe. I think they lost close to 2 million. They had close to 2 million casualties against the Germans in the First World War. So while the end result of British imperial policy was not good, as it led to the problems whites have in the world today, the British certainly managed to exert control over a great number of men and nations with relatively small armies of their own. And in many places, the Spanish, the Portuguese, the French, the Dutch, and others had nearly the same degree of success, but they were also defeated by the British.
1: Do you think that um, ties into the, the blessings on Joseph, um, that, uh, that that one small island was able to gain so much, and then America as well?
0: Well, yes, I do, but that, that's a different story for another time. And, and yeah. we should talk about those Genesis 48 and 49 blessings, because they also prove that, that, um, that the Israelites had to be white,
1: yeah, and, and the war with Germany is essentially what bankrupt the British Empire, right? So, so fighting another Israelite nation essentially was the downfall. Whilst taking all the bastard nations was relatively easy.
0: Right. It, it wasn't the non-white nations that ever defeated Britain. It wasn't the non-white nations themselves that brought the end of the British Empire. It was Britain totally expending itself in the wars with Germany. I would agree with that. Deuteronomy chapter 28, blessings. In verse 8. Yahweh shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee. And no other race has ever been as successful as white Europeans in the production, preservation, warehousing, and distribution of goods, and especially of food. We can talk about China producing goods, but all the goods that China produces is with Western technology, is with corporations transferring steel mills, And equipment production equipment, the equipment that's used to produce tools and equipment, was all transferred from Western nations to China in the 1940s, 1950s, through the 1980s, I should say to Southeast Asia also and to Japan during that period of time when the West was de-industrialized and all the heavy industry was moved to Asia. And it wasn't only for the sake of cheaper labor. It was so that the corporations could escape Western regulation. Agencies like OSHA and, and the National Labor Relations Board and and. All of the regulation that governments put on industry caused the industry to flee to Asia. Where there are no pollution controls, there's no EPA in China. That They just had these um, Olympics in Beijing and the Chinese had to ban all traffic for, for a couple of months in Beijing so that the air would clear up so that they could have the Olympics and, and look good. <laughs> and and this haze over the city never really went away, I don't think. It it dissipated a little. But that they, they had to actually stop all traffic. So that the pollution would would, would clear up. That's how they live.
1: Yeah, and if, if uh, somebody dies in the factory, they just throw them out on the streets and carry on, right? <laughs> just find the replacement.
0: Right. It it's it's probably run room. a lot worse than English industry and American industry were run in their early years because there is no care for their people. They only care for their financial success, their economic gains.
1: And I also think the only reason um, those countries, uh, you know, all, all have Western clothes and, and cars is because it's all built there that they'll have uh, a factory for, for the West and a factory that they'll sell to the local people there as well. That's the only reason
0: Yes. They have multiple standards. They have different standards for their own people. There's no doubt. And, and they, they're, a lot of their factories are just, just like prison work camps where the factories, they don't build housing for their employees. They build dormitories and most of their employees do not have families and they live in factory dormitories and they're paid and they spend their money in factory stores. Well, they never leave the complex. They live there their whole lives, and all they do is work and eat in the factory stores and live in factory dormitories. And, and this was actually the subject of articles in the Wall Street Journal, where, where the Wall Street Journal was speaking in glowing terms of this system 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I wish I had those articles. I still might somewhere in my papers. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 9. We're still on the blessings. We're not on the curses yet. Yahweh shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he is sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of Yahweh thy God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of Yahweh, and they shall be afraid of thee. And during the period of European colonialism, Christian Europeans expanded their civilization to all other nations in the name of Christianity, and mistakenly converted many of the non-white world's population to Christianity. Until this time, it was exclusively Europeans who were keeping the commandments of God, which also proves that they are Israelites. Yahshua Christ, Jesus Christ being the Lord, only Europeans were called by his name, Christians. Europe and European colonies were often identified as Christendom, whereas today they are merely called the West. They used to be Christendom, but now they're dominated by Jews who hate the name of Christ. So now we're the West, we're not Christendom any longer. And they're destroying the West. They're trying to make the West into the East, into Africa and Asia. So once again, blessings of bounty are repeated with some additions in Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 11. And Yahweh shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which Yahweh sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Yahweh shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in its season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. The colonial nations were very wealthy, and never needed to borrow from other races, in spite of the fact that many Jews inside of those nations held much of the wealth, That wealth was really at the disposal of the kings. There are religious reasons for that as well, as Christians were not permitted usury. However, the Jews were, at that time, only permitted to operate at the pleasure of kings, who used them for solely economic purposes and who taxed them quite heavily. So, Jews were a tool of the kings during the the Middle Ages, And, and if Jews had wealth, it was because the kings allowed them that wealth. Now, I'm sure that they hid a lot of wealth away. Jews have never been honest, but they operated at the pleasure of the kings, and that's how they had wealth. Because they were doing the will of the kings by loaning at usury and when they had to, borrowing at usury to support the kings. The, the Jews were simply the property of the kings and their tool in their economic endeavors because Christians wouldn't loan money at usury.
1: So the kings really destroyed themselves and their own nations by doing this, right?
0: Yes, they did. There's no doubt. And it was right from the beginning, from from the time of Charlemagne, that Jews were permitted into Christian Europe for that reason.
1: And, um, sorry, just the uh, previous blessing, um, all all the non-whites did fear us, didn't they? And and now they openly mock us. They they, uh, look down on, um, you know, uh, soy boy whites. They think of us as nothing now because we've turned away from Christianity. We're perceived as weak. Well,
0: right. They don't perceive it as as being due to our turning away from Christianity, but we are perceived as weak. Whites are despised now in their own societies. We'll talk about that more when we get to the curses, but first, and and we're almost there, first there's a warning, and Yahweh shall make thee the head and not the tail, if we keep his commandments, and thou shalt be above only and shall not be beneath. If that thou hearken under the commandments of Yahweh thy God, which I command thee to stay, to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee to stay, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. And a study of the Old Testament reveals that respecting the other races is the same thing as respecting their gods, and making treaties with them is the same thing as going after their gods. As soon as white Christians elevate the other races to the status of people and make them equals in society, it is inevitable that the other races will come to dominate them for this reason, that whites have shown respect to alien gods so that they will be punished by Yahweh, Their own God. And this is the result of that punishment. So for that reason, there's a greater warning. And we read at the beginning of the curses for disobedience. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of Yahweh thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. We're not quite all the way down this path yet, but we're getting there. Our cities are cursed with crime, and the blight that's been brought by Negroes and Mexicans and other aliens. Look at what's happened to beautiful Southern California since it became majority Mexican. It's destroyed. The cities are destroyed. You can't even go into them. Many of us do not realize it, but our fields are also being cursed with chemicals, with fertilizers, and we have all sorts of related diseases and cancers.
1: Yeah, nothing's grown, um, I'd say, quote-unquote, organically anymore, right? Uh, Everything is, they use these artificial fertilizers on everything and uh, it leaks down and it goes into the rivers and the canals because it never really goes away. So even all our waterways are uh, polluted as well now.
0: Our water is being so polluted with so many things. Our land is being so polluted with so many unnatural substances. It's going to catch up. There's going to come the day when farmers just aren't going to be able to grow anything. Because you can only poison the land so much that inevitably it has, there has to be a breaking point. And much of our land is. Today, it's virtually useless. Much of our farmland is virtually useless without the introduction of all sorts of chemical fertilizers from outside. You just can't plant anymore without that. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. And our stores are cursed with the same curse. And even our livestock is unnatural. And will ultimately prove to be poisonous to us. Look at all the, um, the chemical, not only the chemical fertilizers, in our vegetables our plants and our grain but all of the livestock and poultry are loaded with growth hormones and other unnatural substances which will also cause diseases
1: yeah and it's becoming impossible for um just your local butchers to compete with that Um, they're meant to have their own farms and have organic beef but even they have to kind of cheat the system and feed feed them artificial foods and you know try and break even and and make a living and um yeah yeah even um the poultry as you said uh, it shows you how rigged the economic system is where they'll fly it to china or on a boat somewhere in the sea where there's no laws inject them with hormones so they grow to three times the size and fill them up with water and then fly them back to europe or the states to sell them Uh, and that again shows you that it's uh, unsustainable it's only because of the uh, the rigged system where they don't pay taxes on flying back and forth that they can do things like that right
0: right they're actually processing poultry now and other foods in china and how how it could possibly be profitable to fly a chicken to China and process it and send it back to America and sell it at a profit. How could that possibly be profitable unless there's some kind of gaming in the system?
1: Yes, unsustainable. No way you can keep that going forever.
0: Well, I wouldn't want to eat it. I wouldn't want to eat chicken or anything processed in China. Nothing. I wouldn't want to eat that. But people are accepting it. And I've turned over packages of um, prepared fruit, like fruit cups and things like that in supermarkets, and saw that they were processed in China. And I wouldn't buy that from my house, never. So they're trying to game the labeling systems. And they're trying to get Congress to change the labeling laws so that they don't have to tell people that food's being processed in China. So they're trying to circumvent that. We may as well just eat cardboard because that's going to be the value of the food. Poverty is causing... um, Lower economic status is causing many Americans to be grossly overweight because they're, they're eating nothing but trash. They're eating nothing but empty carbohydrates. That's why there's such an obesity crisis in many places in America. Deuteronomy chapter 28, continuing with our curses. Cursed. Shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Yahweh shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. And, And these are also military curses. The United States and other nations of Christendom have stopped winning wars, at least decisively, even when they have much better weapons and tactics and forces far superior to their enemies. Look at how we fared in Korea. Look at how we fared in Vietnam. Look at the struggle we've had in Afghanistan, lost thousands of soldiers and gained nothing. They're just
1: meat grinders, aren't they? They're just chip away and wear down uh, all of our young men and if they come back uh, in pieces or mentally you know completely destroyed
0: i don't believe that our armies could even fight a war in, in in another world war ii and and survive it and i think we'll get to that soon yahweh shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he has consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. Yahweh shall smite thee with a consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with the sword, and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall perish thee until, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And, and in recent decades, there have been many new diseases, or arise in occurrences of formerly obscure diseases. Just as often, the cure or preventions are worse than the disease, especially in cases such as the COVID vaccine, which has actually proven deadly or debilitating to many people. But the true results of such sorcery may not become manifest for many years. We're just seeing these developments. I don't know how many people today have irritable bowel syndrome. But I have a system that's. Had, I have a sister that has had irritable bowel syndrome for twenty years, and and Crohn's disease and diseases like that. I, I mean, these things are subtle, but it seems to me that they're going to become more prevalent. That we're going to continue to have these health crises, and and it's obviously a result to me of of what we've done to our food supply or what we've allowed the devil to do to our food supply that's possibly the cause of all these diseases just as it says here in these curses
1: yeah i think it's one in three people are expected to get cancer now or or that's what they say but I, i think a lot of these diseases are from the um Bastards, people um, in- integrating with them and having sexual intercourse, a whole host of diseases we never imagined are now introduced to our populations, right? Look
0: at how many people we have with um, sexually transmitted diseases now. It's probably a, great share, a much greater share of the population than we expect. Herpes and, and chlamydia and, and other things like that that are worse than gonorrhea and syphilis.
1: I think it's been proven that some uh, can only be caused by sodomy with goats. And when you're bringing uh, Afghanistan men over here and then our women were sleeping with them, well, where, where do you expect it comes from? But, but people refuse to put the connection together, right? It's incredible.
0: Negroes are, are the um, largest carriers of sexually transmitted diseases by far. Moving on with the curses with Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 23. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And while this may refer to weather conditions and agricultural success, in ancient Mesopotamian literature, heaven was also an idiom for government and earth for the common people. So, Iron heaven, and iron heaven is a tyrannical government. And a brass earth is a total lack of care, concern, or love for one another. That your neighbor is unto you like brass. He's hard, and and you can't get through to him. And, And people have lost all sense of community and fellowship with one another. Which is evident in – it's fully evident in our world today.
1: Yeah, people always tell me that, that when they've lived in a city, it's exactly like that. People don't even know their neighbors, uh, don't even know their names, and um, it's just like living on your own. Nobody knows each other. Nobody cares about each other. Uh right. You know, it's just like a dual world, basically.
0: Right. It, it's I, I experienced this in my own life when I was a little boy. In Jersey City. I'm talking about four, five, six years old. First, my mother would put me on the bus to go to kindergarten. She didn't take me on a bus. She put me on a bus. I had 20 cents in my pocket. The bus trip was 10 cents either way. And I got on the bus myself. My mother would walk me to the bus stop. I got on the bus. I put a dime in, in the meter and went and took my seat and I knew when to pull the cable. I had to stand on the seat to pull the cable to let the bus driver know I wanted to get off the bus. I, you would never do that with a, I was four and a half years old when I started kindergarten. I was taking the bus to school two miles down the road to a Roman Catholic school to go to kindergarten. You wouldn't do that today. Nobody in their right minds would do that today with a four and a half year old boy but I did it for the whole year. So I would take the bus home and usually there was an adult waiting for me, my mother or, or my great grandmother who babysat for us, or sometimes my father would be waiting for me at the bus stop to get off the bus. And I would take the bus home and get off the bus. Everybody in a neighborhood it was a totally white neighborhood. Everybody in the neighborhood knew my name. All the adults in the neighborhood, all the shopkeepers in the neighborhood knew my name. Hello, Billy. How you doing today, Billy? Blah, 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 blah. Small talk. And I'd answer them and always be respectful. And I knew their names. Mr. Brown, Mrs. Ryan, people like that. I knew all their names. So I always knew who was talking to me. And, and people looked out and they cared for one another. Ten years later, after the civil rights effect, the effect of civil rights had hit New Jersey, ten years later, that neighborhood was destroyed. We had to move out, and everybody was alienated from one another. And and I never experienced that again from the time I was six years old, because everybody When the the Negroes were introduced into the general portions of the city and started to take it over, and the Puerto Ricans and Cubans and others had begun to immigrate into the city, everybody in the city became alienated towards one another, became cold towards one another. I never experienced that sense of community again that I had experienced when I was four, five, six years old. It was over. Life was totally different by the time I was 13, 14 years old. And we had the 67 riots and the 68 riots and the nigger chimp-outs for years in the 60s and 70s. Life was totally different. It was totally transformed into a hostile environment within 10 years. And this is going to continue. um, And these chimp-outs... that. We see recently, they're nothing new. They've been happening for 60 years, 70 years. I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say, back back to the government, you had a lot more freedom back then. They have so many laws now. And, um, uh, you know, how um, one town, you just have one sheriff and a deputy, and, and that was all you needed, right? It was very relaxed. And now uh, you have these big military forces, and, and, and it's a tyranny, and basically you're afraid of police, right? What they'll do.
0: Absolutely, that's changed overnight. Also, that changed in ten years. Also, where, where by the maybe fifteen years by the eighties, the cops were becoming militarized, and their attitudes had matched that status. Where in the sixties, even if you were a drunk driver or, or if if you got into some sort of trouble that wasn't going to land you in jail, the cops were your friends, and they were trying to help you. They actually were. I've Countless stories from men who were caught drunk behind the wheel of their cars, and the cops would just make them lock the car, and the cop would drive them home, and the car would stay parked, and nobody went to jail. Today, they'll throw you right in jail, and it'll cost you tens of thousands of dollars to get out of it, out of a drunk driving offense. It's a totally different world today, but that started to change probably in the late 1970s, early 1980s, in in where I lived, that the police became very militarized, and, and it culminated with the drug war, which I believe kicked off in 1984, perhaps, with Ronald Reagan. Moving on to the Deuteronomy chapter 28 curses from verse 24, Yahweh shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. And perhaps the acid rain of the 60s and later is only a preview of how bad things might get in the future. But even right now, there's news of tremendous dust clouds making their way to America from the Sahara Desert. So we may in the future see a literal fulfillment of this as well. Not to say that the present clouds are by themselves a fulfillment of prophecy, but that they might be a harbinger a harbinger of things to come. Now we see another promise of military failure in verse 25. And Yahweh shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air, and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. I don't see how armies of women, sodomites and trannies, could defeat any real army of disciplined and trained adult males of any race in a protracted war. But today we have a different dynamic, and we have cops basically afraid of and fleeing, white cops mostly, before armies of Negro women and sodomite rioters in the streets of our cities. So our enemies are winning a different sort of war, an urban guerrilla war. It, if we examine what happened just last year with all these George Floyd riots and, and the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that they set up in Seattle and threw the cops out of the whole area and kept them out of the area for, for many weeks before it
1: sort of yeah, the disintegrated. the them, they can't do anything. Uh, I'm surprised uh, all the white cops don't just uh, resign because if they ever uh, arrest... Nick, uh, they're going to get prosecuted,
0: right? Well, well, right. I mean, why, if you ever have to use force against a, a, a non-white today as a cop, you're probably going to get prosecuted, right? There's a very good chance. And every little thing you do is put under a microscope. And if you violated any little regulation or procedure, you're screwed out of your career. It's not worth it. Why do it? Just quit. Let the niggers have the cities. Let them have it. Just quit. I don't know how they stay. I thought the environment was bad enough when I had my own problems. 30 years ago. 40 years ago. 30 years ago. I forget. Actually, 28 years ago, perhaps. Close to 30. So, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how they stay. They should all resign. They, they love those government paychecks. That's the only thing I can guess. They stay for those paychecks. They have uncertain futures without those paychecks. So they're basically slaves. The cops are slaves. They've enslaved themselves for those paychecks and for that pension. And so they're going to try to go along and get along for their 20 years or 30 years until they get their pension. So they're basically Whores. For the system is what they are and it's all going to cave in eventually it will all collapse Babylon has to fall it can't continue in this un, under these artificial constructs for only so long Yahweh will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the hemorrhoids and with the scab, and with the itch, whereof thou cannot be healed. And and this to me sounds like tumors, cancer, irritable bowel syndrome, and other similar diseases, hemorrhoids or hemorrhoids, what which are prevalent in society today and which probably come from unexpected sources, such as our poisoned water and food supplies. And and in that manner they'll they will affect both the wicked and the just. Just like Ancient Jerusalem, when when Yahweh spoke through the prophet Ezekiel and said that both the wicked and the just would suffer punishment on account of the sins of Jerusalem, it's the same today. You don't have to be an evil person or or a sinner in order to get one of these diseases. It's just a matter of, of the environment in which we live that we get these diseases.
1: Yeah, it's just the same as if you're um, going through the city uh, in an evening, you can just be attacked, whether you're uh, wicked or just right, by these non-white bastards. It's living in an environment where you let devils roam, essentially, uh, you're all going to pay for it.
0: Right. Our cities are already destroyed. We're well down the road with these curses in all of our cities, and very often time, In the fields, out of the fields, out in the rural areas, out in the suburbs, that there are rural areas in Texas and California that that are totally controlled by Mexicans already. There are rural areas in the South that that where niggers are predominant, where blacks are predominant, and and I wouldn't want to be broke down in one of those areas and and rely on outside help because you're going to be robbed and, and you're going to lose everything you have even your life, to some nigger that wants five dollars to buy some liquor or or whatever, because they'll kill you for five dollars. They'll kill you for a dollar. It doesn't matter to them. Your life is nothing. Thou shalt smite. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday, as the blind gropes in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt only be oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. And and we see this today with increasing levels of disenfranchisement, disenchantment, and depression among whites. Young children are being imbued with sexual perversions and are being coaxed into sodomy and mutilating their bodies in this transsexual craze. What could be madder than that? Yahweh shall smite thee with madness. People are vaunting themselves against God, and they are going to be struck down without ever knowing what hit them, so that they will die in blindness. People, people sinners all, all the time, that these people wonder why they suffer various calamities. But they don't think about their own behavior. They just think Jesus loves everybody. Why am I suffering? But Jesus doesn't love everybody. That's why they're suffering. It's just going to continue um... to get worse. I'm sorry.
1: A lot of white males, they kind of feel um, defeated, Um, you know, the way society is, you know, how hard it is to get a wife who will um, just obey you and you can live a normal life. And they don't understand why. Right. They don't realize it's because we've moved away from a Christian society and they're just trapped in blindness. And they get the press knowing that there's little hope of what they want to achieve in their life, knowing that it won't come right the way they want it.
0: Right. So they end up in groups like MGTOW or groups like that, or, or they end up engaging in sodomy because it's easier to get a date. It's easier to have some kind of partnership. It, it's it's an incredible situation that people are being put into, but if they accept the sins of the world, they're going to end up as sodomites. If they don't accept the sins of the world, they're going to end up in in, in a group like MGTOW hating women and and hating society, it's either way, it's defeatist. They don't turn to God. So they're smitten with blindness or madness, which is even worse if they turn to sodomy. They're smitten with those things because they don't know where to turn. And they turn anywhere but to Christ because the churches don't represent Christ. The churches are representing sodomites. They're not representing Christ. Sodomites and fornicators. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. And, and this has been going on. This has been going on ever since the no-fault divorce laws were thrust upon our society in the 1960s. And, and now a wanton woman can divorce her husband, get his house, get his car, and get another man who is very often a Negro or a Mexican to, to lie with her while she feasts him at her former husband's expense. Thou shalt betroth a wife and another man shall lie with her. It happens all the time now.
1: Yes, she can actually cheat on him, bring another man into the house, and then throw her former husband out of his own house. It's crazy, right? That's just insanity.
0: Right. That's exactly what's going on with these divorce laws that we have now for the last 60 years. And people think it's normal. Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face, and shalt not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given unto thine enemies, and thou shalt have none to rescue them. And, and with child support, graduated income taxes, oppressive property taxes, Negro, Chinese, and Mexican crime, the modern equivalent of all of these things are happening in the West every day.
1: Yeah, it's, it's worded a bit archaic, right? But but you can easily, as you said, um, see what's going on today, and it equates, right? That um, th- these these beasts get moved in, and they get everything free—just a free house, free car, put straight into a job. If they set up a business, uh, they don't have to pay tax for ten years or, or whatever. You know, they get so many advantages, and it—and we're all paying for it, right?
0: Right. In, in the United States, I think it's five years that an immigrant that sets up a business doesn't have to pay any taxes. And after five years, and, and I've heard this from several sources over the course of the last 10, 15 years, after five years, the, these the, these Arabs or Indians or Pakis that come over here and set up businesses, sell those businesses to one of their relatives, that have never had a business and they get the same perks for five more years. So they pass these businesses around in their families so that everybody gets five years tax-free and the whole family lives off the business while never having to pay taxes.
1: Yeah. And again, how is that sustainable? It it, it all going to lead to uh, the collapse of Babylon, right? Along with everything else, of course.
0: Well, absolutely, because it's not sustainable. I've um, read this from the horse's mouth. In Gatlinburg, Tennessee, there was a large property holder that would only rent his storefronts out to non-white immigrants because they didn't have to pay taxes on their businesses so that they could pay him higher rents. They could afford higher rents. And he would charge them more rent. So they, that they even... Some whites, or, or perhaps he's not a Jew, perhaps he is, they know how to game the system so that they could make more money. And to hell with everybody else. To hell with and their fellow the,
1: whites. Um, the serpent devouring its own tail, right? Eventually there's nothing left.
0: Right. There, eventually there can't be anything left so all these curses even though like you said it's worded rather archaically in, in agrarian terms right the ancient the terms that at somebody in an ancient homestead could understand the same things going on today when you work a, a salaried job at a corporation or if you have your own business and you're paying anywhere from 40 to 60% of your income in taxes in in um Income taxes, business taxes, social security taxes, employee taxes, all of these different taxes. Well, that, that's the equivalent of going onto an ancient homestead and carrying away half the asses and half the cattle and half the sheep. It's the same thing. It's just described here in archaic terms, but it's happening every day in America today. And it wasn't happening in America a hundred years ago. And I'm sure that the pattern in Europe is no different.
1: I think we're taxed even worse than America, actually.
0: Yes, you are. Yes, that's true. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 32. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people and thine eyes shall look and fail, with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. In other words, you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. And today, race mixing is becoming more and more prevalent through Christendom, and even parents who continue to oppose it cannot do anything about it. White children are being encouraged to marry into other races in their own schools, by their own teachers. So when your daughter comes home with a Mexican or runs off with a nigger, there's the fulfillment of that curse. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people and you won't be able to do anything about it. And the scale of of race-mixed relationships is increasing. The percentage is increasing every year.
1: I've seen it that people barely raise their kids now, um, not just with daytime care, but they also um, they just hand their phone over to their child and just say, play with this for five hours. And, and all they're going to do is watch, um, you know, the, the Jew media, the TikTok videos, the Instagram, the YouTube. They're just going to be completely absorbed in that. And all the Jews are going to show them is race mixing. Right. So it's only natural that when they grow up, that's what they're going to do. Right.
0: Absolutely. They're going to think that that's what they're supposed to do. And they do. They do think that that's what they're supposed to do. Verse 33. The fruit of thy land and all thy labor shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up, and thou shalt only be oppressed and crushed always, so that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. And this is exactly what we're sitting here complaining about now. And we're not really complaining. We, we, we accept this as a matter of fact, that our people have departed from Christianity, that this is the inevitable outcome. So we just hope to reach others with this understanding, because we need at some point to repent. I think things are going to get a lot further along before there's any repentance. But this is the inevitable outcome. Immigrants are being forced upon us throughout Christendom. Every Western nation is taking in millions of immigrants and they are provided funds and tax breaks to acquire businesses that whites cannot acquire. Giving the strangers among us incredible economic advantages over our own people.
1: Yeah. And I think it's only going to get worse. They're only going to bring more and more, right? Um, now, now they're just marching millions uh, through Syria and just straight into Europe.
0: Right. Well, well, well. There's um, large influxes of South America, of South Americans, right now going through Mexico into the United States, and they're just walking through Mexico from Guatemala and Nicaragua and Colombia and places like that. That's a different prophecy. It's in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 that Yahweh said that he would put hooks in their jaws and drag them here
1: to punish but, but again, us. We've already said it, but it shows that we're the children of Israel because the whole world wants to come to us, right?
0: Absolutely. The whole world wants to come here and live here and, and be in Europe or in America. And... That proves that we are the children of Israel suffering these curses for departing from Christianity. The the Jews started calling the world the post-Christian world after the Second World War. So we're called post-Christian. And we're suffering all of these problems. and, And many people don't even see it yet. But they do see half their paycheck disappearing in taxes every week. And they can't put two and two together because they're smitten with madness and blindness. Which is one of these earlier curses. It's not physical madness and physical blindness, but they're smitten with madness and blindness. They're accepting sodomites. They're accepting beasts in their homes as people. They're letting their children run off with these beasts. That's madness. 200 years ago, that would never have been possible. People would have taken up arms and run off all the beasts immediately. Yahweh shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot under the top of thy head. And the medical crisis will only get worse, especially as vaccine inoculations increase. We're going to have worse and worse consequences as we accept more and more of these remedies offered by these devils, offered by these corporations, offered by our governments. The more we accept, the worse we're going to have it. Yahweh shall bring...
1: Hospitals are just useless now, and the doctors. uh, I know we have a different system, but here... The NHS, it's it's all free, but you still end up with like a two-year waiting list. So, if you break your arm, it's a two-year—you know—it can be months, if not a year, before they can actually uh, fix you. So, you'd basically just have to have a broken arm for a year, and by then, what's the point? Wow, that's horrible. Yahweh
0: shall smite thee in the knees. That should start a homegrown cottage industry of physicians right that could do emergency medicine people should learn how to do that on themselves and get out of the nhs and not rely on it that should be the, the appropriate response
1: yeah yeah the, the people who um just go private the next day and seek out a physio or uh, you know something like that they're the ones who always do much better and um, are able to recover Whereas the people wait they're always um as the curse says, just dumb for, they're they're permanently disabled for the rest of their life.
0: Right, but you have to be fortunate to be able to afford that, and you're actually paying for both systems, because your taxes are paying for the free system, whether you use it or not. It's not free, nothing's free. (laughs) People are always sucked in by that word free, without understanding that there is nothing that's ever free. If you want free, you're going to be a slave to the system. That's Marxism. Yahweh shall smite thee. I've already gone through that. I'm sorry. Yahweh shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee unto a nation, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. And there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And of course, this happened to the ancient children of Israel when they were brought into Assyrian and Babylonian captivity. But it is also happening today, right here in our own lands, where even if we elect a white Christian president, he is subject to the international banks and corporations and the aliens that control them to do their will. So he doesn't have a choice. But to allow this white Christian land to become flooded with more and more aliens. He he has no choice but to allow these Mexican illegal immigrants to remain here for the sake of these corporations. It it's the policies being set by these international corporations, and we're slaves to them. We've been brought to them and put under their control on account of our sins.
1: Yeah, and and there's absolutely no escape. It really is Christ or um, hell, basically, right?
0: Right, because the end of the the mystery Babylon is, is the pits of hell. Yes, it's destruction. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations whither Yahweh shall lead thee. And and today, with the advent of critical race theory, which is being taught in schools across Christendom, whites have indeed become an astonishment, a reproach, and a byword in their own countries.
1: Yeah, yeah, they openly just call for white extermination, and and nobody says anything. It's crazy, right? Uh, on on um, social media or even in class, they'll allow. Um, niggers that they call them professors of whatever and they'll openly call uh, that we need to be wiped out and, and it's just considered normal it's astonishing right they've
0: done that and they get away with it they get away with it every day and they teach it to white students as well as to the other races so you have um large corporations like coca-cola insisting that people be less white that whites no longer act like whites anymore. We should all act like Africans, I guess. Or, or... it's incredible. It's becoming, it's coming to the point where whites are being taught that they must be ashamed to be white. And it's openly taught with this critical race theory. It's openly being taught to hate your own ancestors, to hate yourself, how is this not the fulfilment of these curses? Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field and shalt gather but little in for the locusts shall consume it thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes for the worms shall eat them. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coasts, but shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine oil shall cast his fruit. The agricultural curses need not be fulfilled literally. Our produce is being consumed by allegorical locusts, canker worms, palmer worms, caterpillars, in the form of Mexicans, Arabs, Negroes, Chinamen they're consuming all of our produce it's too expensive for most of us now because they're consuming it all so the prices go up and up and up as you have more and more consumers and less and less producers
1: or less yeah and i think um niggers would be at the bottom and jews at the top and somewhere in between uh that I don't know who, what, what hierarchy, uh, ch- chinks or Arabs, who, who's above who, but they're all <laughs> running uh, illegitimate businesses and, and drug dealers and, um, well, niggas they just loot and steal f- for nothing, but they're all basically devouring us, right?
0: Yes, they're all devouring us. Every Chinatown what, where millions of Chinamen live, but none of them produce any food. All they do is consume it all. None of them produce anything. They live off of local business, their own local businesses, their restaurants and things like that, swindling tourists, and none of them produce anything. They only consume. Credit card scams, they, they operate all sorts of credit card scams. That They have an endless number of scams that they perpetrate on the general public in America. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but shall not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. And and there's many different types of captivity. There's captivity to the military on overseas bases. There's captivity to corporations in faraway cities. There are many types of captivity, but the typical white family unit, Has been eroding for decades until being a family now means virtually nothing in the greater society. The patriarchy that held such families together has been virtually destroyed by feminism, abortion, no fault divorce, and other antichrist establishments. When your children run off to be sodomites, they are basically in captivity. They went into captivity, which is promoted by the system that imprisons people in states of sin. So there's all sorts of captivity that children go into today that fulfill these curses.
1: I think the uh, education systems and uh, the higher educations, uni and and, uh, doctor degrees, you know, where people spend 10 years, is a trap as well, isn't it?
0: Yes, university, student loan debt that, that's a, a form of captivity. That these children go away to these universities, they become whores or, or sodomites or fags or whatever you want to call them, that they're poisoned with Marxist Its Marxist principles are imbued in them as if Marxism is normal. They come to despise and hate Christianity, and they become, in four years, absolutely burdened with hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, and they get a useless degree in exchange for the debt, and they can never get a job to pay the debt off while they're living profligate lifestyles as sodomites. So yes, that too is a form of captivity. That definitely, certainly is captivity. All thy trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. And as we have said, bearing in mind Joel's chapter, Joel, the prophecy of Joel in chapters one and two, the strangers are the locusts and the cankerworms, worms, palmer worms, and caterpillars, which are devouring our produce. And the strangers have become the head and us the tail. The strangers are preferred for business loans that whites can never get and tax breaks that whites can never get in order that they establish businesses and they've become the head and us the tail. They own our gas stations and, and many other local businesses that we rely on every day. And they're profiting greatly from operating those businesses that whites used to operate. But now white people are working at Walmart.
1: Or they're yeah, saddled think, with
0: hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt for useless degrees.
1: And a lot of whites now um, have bosses of, um, you know, non-white race that they're put over us. And even if you're smarter and, and far more capable, it doesn't matter. They prefer these non-white beasts to be uh, in charge because they know that um, they'll just do what they're told and, and run people to the ground, you know, with little care of them. Absolutely. It's the way that they operate their
0: businesses that are a bigger damage to the community, yes. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of Yahweh thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed for ever. So as Christians, we should be able to now see the outcome of our collective departure from keeping the commandments of Christ. We accepted his enemies, we allowed ourselves to be overrun with aliens, and the result of the curses will become worse and worse until we finally decide to repent or we die. There are no other choices.
1: And uh, as you said, in the end, there might be a very small remnant who actually repent, right? Like the days of Noah. Absolutely.
0: Because thou servest not, Yahweh thy God, with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which Yahweh shall send against thee in hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. And just as Christ had warned, which is also a pattern in the Old Testament, a man must serve either God or mammon, but a man cannot serve both. Having chosen to embrace the aliens and the Jews in the name of commerce, man is chosen to serve mammon so mammon will rule over man. It's that simple. And we will become the least of people in our own country. It's inevitable. All these beasts are being promoted. All these other races are being promoted in a positive light daily in the media, in Hollywood movies, wherever we look, where whites are being denigrated and belittled and mocked and and seen as criminals in their own countries,
1: um, and wasn't uh, Joe Biden just recently gloating how um, whites are becoming a minority finally? And he said it's a great thing for, right. for white men like him, <laughs> as he said.
0: So white men elected him president. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, and he's gloating that whites are going to become a minority or that they're becoming a minority. We actually know that we're already a minority, because most of these people that the government counts as white aren't even white. Jews aren't white. Arabs aren't white. They're counted as white in these census reports. Yahweh shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand like Mandarin Chinese or something, a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee either corn or grain, wine or oil, or the increase of thine kind, or flocks of thy sheep, until he has destroyed thee. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, until thy high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trusted, throughout all thy land. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, throughout all thy thy land, which Yahweh thy God has given thee. And and of course, this is also happening now. This happened... To the ancient Israelites, but it's happening now. We are slowly becoming impoverished and enslaved in our own lands instead of being carried off physically into captivity, but the result is still the same. The end result of our sin is still the same. That this besieging thee in all thy gates reminds me of the Chinatowns that popped up early last century in every city. Every major city. Continuing with the curses of Deuteronomy chapter 28, and and we're almost getting to the end. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body. Now this sounds crazy, but we could also show that this is happening today. The flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which Yahweh thy God has given thee, in the siege and in the straitness, wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee, so that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eye shall be evil toward his brother, and toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the remnant of his children which he shall leave, so that he will not give to them any of the flesh of his children whom he shall eat, because he has nothing left in him in the siege and in the straitness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in all thy gates, the tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom, and toward her son, and toward her daughter, and toward her young that cometh out from between her feet. And toward her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege and straitness, wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in thy gates. And in the ancient sieges against the cities of Israel, this was fulfilled literally, whereby for want of food, men and women ate their own children, thinking that they would survive. Today, it's being fulfilled in other ways. As the products of abortion clinics in the form of fetal cells are being used in processed foods, in vaccines, and in so-called health and beauty products, women are actually lathering their faces with dead babies. Then, in another way, several years ago, some Arab Muslims in Britain were convicted of having raped an adolescent girl and disposing of her body, and they had actually bragged that they cut her up in pieces and added her to the meat, which they used for kebabs, that they in turn sold to their British restaurant patrons. The girl's name was Charlene Downs, so the girl's neighbors ate her dead body so many of us are eating our own children in more ways than we could possibly imagine.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if every kebab shop has bits of uh, that in, and um, of course they put a uh, pig in everything as well. But but yeah, the, the aborted feet ourselves—they put that in in everything, right? I, I know that it's just a rumor, but I heard McDonald's do that and many. Uh, fast food chains. I can't prove it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all, right?
0: Right. I mean, the fast food chains, that, that might be fantastic, but aborted fetal cells are in all kinds of natural health supplements now, and in all kinds of um, skin reconditioners and beauty products that are being sold. There was a, a woman in Florida here, in a university who was a nurse, who did an entire study, and this is like 10, 12 years ago. She did an entire study. It's published online. I will try to link it here. Of all the products in which fetal cells were being used. And of course, fetal cells are in vaccines as well. These these vaccines, they're made with substances that had been cultured on aborted fetal cells so that the products of these aborted fetal cells are in the vaccines. So you're basically eating your children when you get a vaccine. You've eaten somebody's dead baby because you've ingested it, you voluntarily ingested it into your body. You may not know what it is, but you've done it. And these pharmaceutical companies are feeding you these products of these aborted fetuses. You're eating them. You're eating your kids. I don't care how you might want to make excuses for that, but that's what these Americans are doing. That get these, and these people are doing in general, that get these vaccines. They're eating children to save themselves. So it may not be as brutal as it was during the siege of Samaria or the siege of Jerusalem 2,500 years ago or 2,700 years ago. But it's just as bad, and it's the same thing. Moving on with these curses to verse 58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, Yahweh thy God, then Yahweh will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sickness. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou was afraid of and they shall cleave unto thee. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, them will Yahweh bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. And the modern teacher's church that the law was done, done away with, while Christ and his apostles consistently professed the opposite, that Christians are expected to keep the commandments of Christ and will be punished if they refuse.
1: Right, that all that matters is that you believe in Christ and you can just live however you want, right? That's insane. That, that's what they teach.
0: That is insane because what the apostles taught and what Christ taught is that if you believe in him, you will keep his commandments. While the basic Ten Commandments are limited in their scope, the apostles actually forbid people from committing many other sins that are found throughout the commandments of the law Christ had referred to the commandments of the law when he said keep my commandments. If you read the writings of James Peter Paul. Sodomy is forbidden Christians. It's in the commandments. Fornication, which is race-mixing, is forbidden Christians. There's all sorts of behavior which is forbidden by the apostles, which are also found in the commandments of the law. And Christians have failed to keep them, but only recently, until the 1970s in many American states, even 1980, was race-mixing race-mixed marriages were forbidden by law in 15 American states as recently as 1980, when a Supreme Court decision forced the states to set aside those laws. Sodomy was illegal in nearly every single state in America until the middle of the 20th century. When those laws started to be repealed. So it's only the last 50 to 70 years that we've been suffering these curses on account of these sins. And these curses, we could see them being fulfilled now, but they're hardly started. It's going to get much worse. As critical race theory advances, and as more and more immigrants come into America and gain economic power over the average white American, this is going to get much worse. And only then will we start to realize how much these other races really hate us. Because they do hate us, and they would kill us in a minute if they thought they could get away with it and take everything that we have. And ye shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because you would not obey the voice of Yahweh thy God. And it shall come to pass that as Yahweh rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, so Yahweh will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to naught. And you shall be plucked from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. And that's happening to us right now. White Christians should expect to become a very small remnant before things ever get better. And Yahweh shall scatter thee among all people, now this is literally fulfilled in the Assyrian and Babylonian captivities, from one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone." And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But Yahweh shall give thee there a trembling heart, and failing of eyes, and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee. Well, for a lot of urban Westerners, this is true right now, where if you leave your flat in London, in in. The, the neighborhood that you live in that used to be a white neighborhood, you don't know if you're going to live to make it home or not. Because all your neighbors are Islamic and, and Arabs and they hate you. And thou shalt fear day and night, and shalt have no assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, would God it were evening. And in the evening thou shalt say, would God it were morning. You just want the time to pass. For the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. And today, while this happened in the ancient world, today we are being scattered in a different way, as white populations get thinner and thinner, because alien immigrants are being mixed in among them, and the immigrants are purposely being empowered and enriched by the jewish policies which had been adopted in their favor so we're becoming scattered among these aliens in in an opposite process where the aliens that have moved in among us are getting larger and larger in number as we're getting smaller in number
1: yeah and i think where they always um asked you what what race you are, you know, on the censuses and that, that's so that they can figure out where the white populations are and start scheming to uh, send masses of hordes there to, um, you know, de-white it essentially. Right.
0: Well, right. And, and that happened in America under, in the Obama administration when Microsoft had volunteered basically to build a database of every zip code in the United States and how many, whites and how many others had lived in each zip code so that they could make sure that they targeted every exclusively white zip code and filled it with aliens and found ways to move non-whites into those areas and that was an active policy in the Obama administration to do that
1: yeah they're just open about it now
0: And to finish with our curses. And Yahweh shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By way whereof I spoke unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there shall you be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen. And no man shall buy you. So you die in slavery. Surviving whites may not literally be taken away in ships. But it is the final objective of Jews and other non-whites, especially Negroes, to bind whatever surviving whites there are in slavery. So this may well be coming. It may well get to this point. It might be another hundred years. But this is the direction in which we're headed now. Critical race theory and the demonization of whites the Jews seek to demonize us and ultimately to be dehumanize us, so that niggers become our masters.
1: Yeah, we got a preview of it in the Bolshevik Revolution, right, where they set up all the slave camps and used them essentially to build uh, the tanks to invade Europe in, in under the Stalin uh, administration, right?
0: Well, absolutely. And it's headed here again, and and they they would have kept doing it to all Europe if if they had the opportunity, but instead we we had the Second World War, that they would have kept going right through Europe and done it Bolshevik style. Instead, because of that Second World War, because of Adolf Hitler, they've had to take a much slower and more methodical approach. And we see the results of it today. We're on the verge of being plunged into a completely Marxist society and losing all of our property and belongings to niggers, which Joe Biden would take it off us in a minute if he thought he could get away with it. He can't quite get away with it yet.
1: Yeah, but we're certainly getting there and and things have to get worse before they can get better, right?
0: Things are going to get much worse before they get better. We're going to see the fulfillment, even if it's not a literal fulfillment, we're going to see an allegorical fulfillment of every single one of these curses come to its completion before our people repent because they don't even know they're being punished right now. It's incredible how much money we pay as individual middle-class businessmen or, or upper-lower-class laborers that, that are making fifty dollars to $100,000 a year now under these inflated conditions. It's incredible how much of that they pay in taxes, and they don't even realize that they're slaves. If you're giving up half your salary in taxes in the Middle Ages under the feudal system that the average farm worker that the average man who who was a peon who who had a 10 acres or whatever to, cult, to cultivate and to live off would give up 20% perhaps of his produce so that's a 20% tax and today people are paying 50 and 60 because there's all sorts of hidden taxes even in america That is, your direct tax might be 30% of your salary, 35% of your salary, but you're paying so many hidden taxes that you don't see every time you purchase a gallon of milk. There's five or six taxes, at least, on that gallon of milk that are incorporated into its price that you're paying a much higher percentage of your salary in taxes than you can even perceive, So basically, you are already a slave, and the slavery is much more oppressive than it was in the Middle Ages or in the ancient world. When the children of Israel demanded a king in in 1 Samuel chapter 7 or chapter 8, I believe it is, God warned that the king would take 10% from them, and that was considered a lot and now it's, it's astronomical compared to that. So people don't realize the state of their slavery. But it's going to get worse.
1: Yeah, a whole, a whole race is blind, right?
0: Absolutely. Blind and stricken with madness. Where they think it's normal to teach sexual deviancy to second graders. Or they think it's normal that the, the, the guy that lives next door is a sodomite And and has young boys over his house every evening and lives with three other guys. That's normal. Or do these purple-haired lesbians walk around and flaunt their, their, their sexual deviancy wherever they go? That's normal. That's madness. That is madness. The world is stricken with madness. Okay, we should probably wrap this up. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, that's great. Thanks for having me, Bill. Praise Yahweh, God of Israel, God of European people. Thank you.
0: Praise Yahweh. There is no doubt in these blessings and curses of disobedience that only one race has enjoyed both, and that's ours. Praise Yahweh, and good night.